You've been listening to a sermon audio resource from the ministries at First Baptist Church in Cedarvale, Kansas. We pray that this encourages you and challenges you on your walk this week with Christ. To find out more about what's going on at First Baptist Church in Cedarvale, you can go to our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash Cedarvale First Baptist. Thank you and God bless. So last week we took a little hiatus from Colossians and just talked about some things that I believe that needed to be addressed. Uh, I just, like I said, I still believe that Jesus is coming. Um, but this week we're going to continue back and we're going to jump back into Colossians and, and we're going to just keep going in Colossians chapter 3. So if you've got your Bibles, go over to Colossians chapter 3. Christians... Bible-believing, Christ-following Christians should be marked by a longing for holiness and an abandoning of the things of this world. So the last time we were together and we talked about Colossians chapter 3, the first section of this, we talked about putting our focus, we put our attention on things that are eternal in nature, that are everlasting in nature. And when we begin to do that, that, that process of following Christ and following what he has for us and getting our eyes on to Jesus, what will, be, what will begin to happen will naturally flow out of us is a desire to run from sin and run towards Christ. And so... This result, I want us to continue to read, and we're going to be in chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 5. Verse 5 says this. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurities, passions, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you once, once walked. You were living in them, but now you must put all of them away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self and with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all in all. So we, we, get, a, we get an explanation. Once we get our eyes off of ourselves, if we get our eyes on what's eternal in nature, what's going to happen is we're going to have a change of direction. And Paul doesn't deny that we don't have an earthly nature. We do have an earthly nature. But this text tells us what we're to do with that earthly nature. We're to put it to death. He says there, put to death, therefore, what's earthly in you. This text goes really well with what's in Romans chapter 6, verses 6 through 7 and then 12 through 13. It says, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. So that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies to make you obey its passions. 
Do not present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but rather present yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments of righteousness. So this, this text really unpacks what we're to do if we get, if we're to follow Christ fully and we get our eyes off of ourselves, our lives, and, and what's going on around us, and we set, what's the first part of Colossians? If then you've been raised with Christ. So they've got a definition here. If you are in Christ and you've been raised with Him, your, your old self has died and you've been raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, and as a result of seeking those things which are above, you're going to put to death what is earthly, what is earthly in you. And why does, what, and He tells us there in verse 6, on the account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. Now, I want you to understand that the wrath of God is not coming. It's here. It's here. We, I mean, just look at it. Put to death what's earthly in you. Sexual morality, impurity, passions, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. But all of those things we're running with in, on a whole scale level. We've got sexual morality running rampant through our nation. Impurities, evil passions and desires and covetous. We want, we want what's not ours. We destroy property to try to get what's ours. We destroy other people's character to try to get ahead. We are oftentimes trying to hurt one another. And so God tells us because of this, the wrath of God is on its way. And I think it's a very apparent that we are in the midst of this right now. We are watching God's wrath unfold in our, on our world right now. And what's mind-boggling is that Christians, people who claim to follow Christ, are somewhat just as actively engaged in these same exact things. Verse 7. In these things you once walked. So he's not denying that you, you didn't walk. And there was a time in your life where you did walk in these things. There was a point in our, all of our lives where we were active in sin on some level. But he says, listen, verse 8, but now, now that you've been raised with Christ, here's what you're to do. Put all of these things away. Put all of them away. And so you say, well, Caleb, I, listen, I'm not really sexual, I don't have sexual morality running through my life. I, I mean, just maybe a little bit of impurity, but not a whole lot, just maybe a little bit. Maybe I've got some evil desires, but I think I'm okay. Paul says, put all of these away. And then he gives, he expands the list. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and to top it off, obscene talk out of your mouth. Obscene talk out of your mouth. Ephesians chapter 4. Listen to this. Ephesians 4.29 says this. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as good for building up and as fit for the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So and we've got, Paul drops this bomb on us because a lot of folks will, will, will like, wait a minute, this, I'm, not, I'm not part of that first group, but I can guarantee you almost everybody in the room is at least part of group two. Anybody in here ever had fits of anger? 
Okay, I'm just, just checking. Because I have. Right? He drops this. He just drops this in front of us. Your anger. Now listen. Your anger and your filthy language are just as damaging and horrible as sexual immorality. Like, let us just think about that. Your anger and your pride and your arrogance and your filthy language, according to the text, not, well, Caleb, I don't like that. Well, take it up with God. That's not my issue. That's God's laying this out here. And he says, all of it, put all of this away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander. Slander is just talking about somebody behind their back, slandering someone's name. Put that away. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. We categorize stuff in the church and we're quick to call to action things that we think are sinful, but we sweep the other stuff under the rug. It's time that we stop. We stop this. We stop ignoring the fact that a bulk of people in the church are drowning in anger. We're drowning in unforgiveness. We're drowning and we celebrate filth. Now, I'm not saying... That we just try to, alright Caleb, I'm just not going to say those bad things. I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to try really hard. I'm just not going to do those things. I'm going to try to curb my behavior. Because that's not going to fix anything. Repenting and having Christ take over as king of your heart and king of your life will be the thing that transforms and changes all of our lives. All of it. Paul demands that we get rid of all these things. Not just some of it. He declares, put off the old self with its practices. Verse 10. Look at verse 10. And you have, and you have to put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge. Now, how do we renew in knowledge? And we're supposed to renew ourselves day by day. Romans chapter 12 tells us to, to well, just read it. You guys, I, I want you guys to make sure we get it right. Romans 12. I want you to see this because it's important that you see this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. By the testing that you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. So what's, what's, the, what's the will of God? That we renew our minds. How do we renew our minds? By being engaged in the text. Being engaged in the scriptures. This is a living, breathing document that brings forth, that brings forth actual transformation. Actual transformation. We have to put on the new self, like this is an action that has to take place. We have to put on the new. We have to be willing to put on the new and be willing to get rid of the old. It is a practice that we have to deliberately work every morning. When we get up, we have to make a deliberate conscious effort. I'm going to open the Bible. I'm going to study the Word. That's the reason when he, in, in Ephesians, they tell it, 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 we're told Put on, I'm sorry, not Ephesians, the Galatians were told to put on the armor of God. You actually have to physically, like, we got to wake up in the morning just like you put your pants on. I mean, if I get up and I walk out of the house without my pants on, I'm not going to get very far. I walk into the store, there's going to be a problem if I don't have pants on. 
Forget masks. If you don't have pants on, you're in trouble. <laughs> right? Just the same thing. If you walk out of the house without purposely saying, okay, I'm going to put on the new self. I'm going to wake up this morning and I'm going to renew my mind in the scriptures. You're going to be in trouble just like you would if you didn't have pants on. But you're going to be in trouble in a spiritual sense. Because the enemy wants to take you out. The enemy is crafty. He's looking for avenues. He's like, ah, okay. Caleb didn't renew his mind this morning. Let's do this. And he's, listen, the enemy's crafty. He's figuring out. He's, he's, he's thinking of ways to dig trenches for you to trip and fall and, and smash your face. And when you fall and smash your face, he's like, I love it. He just ruined his witness. He just ruined his witness in front of his kids, in front of his church. Praise the Lord. Not praise the Lord. Praise Him. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. We have to put this on. It's the new self. We have to be, this is called sanctification. Every day, making a conscious effort to renew in the knowledge of Christ, the image of our Creator. You see, Jesus, here's the thing. Jesus either changes everything or He changes nothing. It can't be just, He changes a few parts of my life but the rest of the life, that's mine. Heard this great illustration by, name, by a guy who wrote, I can't, his name's Josh, and he wrote this book, and he had, there, was a, there was a part of this book that he wrote talking about um, a filing cabinet. And we, it's, the filing cabinet is the illustration of our lives. It's our life. And what we do oftentimes is we have this filing cabinet that's over to the side and we go to that filing cabinet and we pull out the drawer that says Sunday morning or Wednesday night or ladies Bible study night or men's Bible study night. And we pull out the drawer that has that card and we pull that out and say, okay, God, this is your card. This is your card. But the rest of the filing cabinet, that's mine. And I get to do with the rest of the filing cabinet whatever I want. No. God either owns the whole filing cabinet or He owns none of it. He's in char- he, he changes everything about you or He changes nothing. It can't be just a few things here or there. Now, I will give you that there's baby steps. I don't expect that Colin should be on the level that Hannah's at. Colin thought that was funny. Good. I, I mean, I don't expect Colin to be on. Like, I, Colin, I can't believe you're not driving a semi yet. How old are you, Colin? Are you three, Colin? You're four now? That's big stuff. Why aren't you driving a semi yet? <laughs> That's what I thought. But no, we don't, we wouldn't, you say, Caleb, that's crazy. We, should, we don't expect that. That's just the same as a baby Christian. I don't expect a baby Christian to understand all of the fascinating things about God. But if you've been in the Word for 50 years and you're still having to have, be fed pablum, you're trying to be, be mashed up little baby food, there's a problem. There's a problem. If you've been in Christ, you've been in the Word for years and years and years and years, decades and decades and decades, and still there's no progression in faith, there's no progression of obedience, there's no desire for longing. Like I said, a Christian should be marked for their longing for holiness. If you say you belong to Christ, but you have no desire for holiness, there is a problem with your life. You can't just have some of Jesus and some of sin. Those things can't live in the same box. 
It's like Noah's lizard. You can't put crickets in and expect them to cohabitate with the lizard. It doesn't go well for the cricket. That it didn't work. Just like you can't have sin in the same box as Christ. If sin is there and you're okay with it and you can nuzzle in and snuggle in and enjoy it, there's a problem. You can't have some of Jesus and some of sin. It's either you go with yourself and your sin or you go with Christ. That's it. I don't like the Bible is very clear. Jesus gives us a clear definition here. He says, let put all of this stuff away. Not just the not just the sexual immorality and the impurity and the passions and the evil desires, but put out the rest of it. All the anger that's in you, like the moment that you're, the Holy Spirit convicts you over your anger, is the moment you should repent. The moment that the Holy Spirit convicts you over slanderously talking about somebody behind their back, is the moment that you should repent. Say, so Caleb, I don't like this message. Well, take it up with the Lord. I just, I didn't write the Bible. I'm just going verse by verse, and this is the verse we're in this week. I'm ready for next week's verse. What's next? You know, next week's going to be more exciting. Be careful. Be careful how you hear. Keep going, verse 11. In verse 11 it says, Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all in all. So it doesn't matter where you've been. doesn't matter where you've gone. It doesn't matter your zip code. Like being able to know Christ is not predicated on your zip code. doesn't matter about where you came from, your social status, your skin color, your economic background. None of that matters. All that matters right now, the world is so obsessed with what matters. This matters. This life matters. This life matters. That matters. This matters. That matters. This place matters. Blah, 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 blah. Matters. No. Christ is all that matters. How do we know? Because the text tells us, but Christ is all and in all. Christ is all. Christ is everything. Christ is all, that's ma- is, is all that matters. And this should be our driving focus. Jesus is our all in all. And when we take, when that takes place over playing around with sin, when Jesus takes the foreground rather than the background, when Christ is the primary objective, when Christ is the one that we long for, the one that we want to walk with, the one that we want to see, the one that we want to be around, when Christ is the focus, all the rest of the stuff disappears. Back to the beginning of this thing. If then you've been raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Why? Because you've died. You've died to your life. And your life now, it's no longer your life, but it's Christ that's in you. And you're hidden. The scripture says you're hidden with Christ. And when Christ, who is your glory and your life, appears, you will also appear with Him in glory. So when Christ appears, you're in and with Him. If you're with Christ. If you're in Christ. Walking in love towards one another becomes a natural progression if this is our bent because we're no longer trying to outdo one another and try to, oh, my, my family's better than your family. My kid's smarter than your kid. My car's better than your car. Which we, we don't, we lose that. Why? Because it all goes away. We put, because we make a conscious effort in the morning saying, I'm going to put that away. I'm no longer going to pursue the things of the flesh, but rather I'm going to pursue 
the things that are eternal in nature. I'm going to pursue Christ. I'm going to wake up and consciously say, Christ, today is your day. And you've made it. And I'm going to rejoice in it because you've made it. And God, I want to make the, as the scripture says, I want to make the best use of my time. And what's the best use of my time? Well, you know, Caleb, arguing with people on social media. That's my best way. That's the best thing I can do. I'm guilty of that. So your pastor is saying I'm guilty. Amen? All right. You guys have seen it? I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm guilty. So guess what? That's not the best use of my time to argue with people. You know, I saw a great meme the other day. It said, when you're dying, the last thing you're going to remember is, man, I wish I had spent more time arguing with people online that I don't really know. Walking in love towards one another becomes a natural bent. And not just tolerating one another. Because here's the thing, Christ doesn't just tolerate you. He loves you. And we will actually love one another. We're not going to try to figure out a way, how can I get around and, and, and spin it to where I get ahead. We no longer want to try to, like if we're in Christ, Christ is the head and I don't need to get ahead. I need to just stay back and let him do his job. Amen? I need Christ to do what he needs to do. And we actually will love one another because all of the malice, all the things that we've got going in our hearts and our minds, all of those things have been put to death. All the malice, all the anger, all the stuff, I've purposely said no more. The family feuding, it's gone. The, the stuff that happens in my life, it's gone. The anger that I have towards my friends, it's gone. The way I treat my spouse, I'm going to treat them like Christ treats the, the church. It's gone. All that stuff goes away. We walk as we're called to walk in Christ with one another. We put all those things away. Man. Man. I just want to keep going in verse 12, but it's next week. Man. Think about this for next week. Put on this. Is, this is what we're to put on. So that you say, well, Caleb, what do we put on? Start thinking about this for next week because this is going to be, you're gonna, I'm going to give you a quick synopsis of next week and then we're going to dive in deeper. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Like that's, I'm just, that's all I'm giving you for next week. Like, this is what we're supposed to put on. So as you get up and you get ready for next week, here's what you do. You put these on. You make a conscious effort. I'm no longer going to put on an angry, bitter spirit. Like I said, there's some of you look like you've been weaned on dill pickles. Praise the Lord. He's, he's king of my life. Come on now. We should be some of the happiest people in the world. Amen? Put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. Woo. This is what we're called to do. God's given us a directive. God's given us a challenge. God's given us the specific thing in our lives. Christians should be marked by a longing for a holy lifestyle and a holy holiness. Of, we want to, because Christ is holy, we want to be holy. We don't make excuses for our sin. We repent of our sins and run from them. Don't make excuses. I'm not going to make an excuse for my sin. I hope to God you don't either because excuses won't hold water with the Lord. Well, Lord, I meant to. You know me. I just got a temper. 
I was just born this way. That's a big one right now. I was just born this way. Paul, Paul understood how he was born. And Paul said, I box myself. I box as I'm beating the air. I fight myself. I fight my sinful desires. I make war on my sin. I'll never... If you guys ever look up an old preacher from the early... I mean, you, you could, somehow, sometimes you can find some of his sermons... He would literally fight on stage. You think I'm crazy on stage sometimes. This, Billy Sunday was his name. And Billy was, man, not, actually, you know, none of his sermons were his own. He had a guy that was before him, his protege, that he just took all his sermons and preached all his old, old, old sermons. But when he, would, when he would preach, he would fight the devil on stage. Literally, like, would climb on top of the pulpit and fight with the devil so I'm, you know, I'm making war, as he would say, as he's on, on, the, on the pulpit. Can you imagine if I stood on the pulpit this morning and said, I'm going to make war on my sin? My wife would probably commit me to some sort of crazy house. But that, like, we're called to make war. We're, I, I, beat, I beat myself into submission. I beat my own body into submission. I don't need to beat somebody else into submission. I need to work on me. I need to make... War on my own sin. And, and this is what is just crazy to me. Is, man, I see so many men and women who claim to know Christ, claim to follow Christ, but yet they have no longing for Christ and no longing for holiness. Hebrews tells us without holiness, we will not see God. Without holiness in our life, we will not see God. And I'm terrified that some of us won't see God because we've self-deceived ourselves into believing we made it. I made a decision when I was a kid, but there's no pursuit of Christ now. That's a problem. That's a problem. Well...